This episode of the Blowing Smoke with Twisted Rico podcast is brought to you by Spectacle Eyewear. Now, if you've been watching any episodes of this podcast on our YouTube channel, you might have noticed I've been wearing some pretty cool specs lately. Well, you know where I get them? Spectacle Eyewear, 505 Tremont Street, Boston, Massachusetts. Their phone number is 617-542-9600. Head down to Spectacle. Go visit our friend Paul. You'll get yourself some cool specs. Welcome to Blowing Smoke with Twisted Rico. I'm your host, Steve Ricardo. One of the coolest dudes around, Chris Porter, returns to the show today to talk about the town and the city festival, which returns to Lowell, Massachusetts on April 26th and 27th. In fact, we started you off with a song from one of our favorite bands, Muck and the Myers, who just happened to be playing the festival this year. The song was This Time I Know I'm Right from the 2020 album entitled Greetings from Muckingham Palace. That's a good one if you're if you're a Muck fan. Even if you're not, Muck is one of a ton of great acts playing the festival this year. And Chris is here to tell us all about it. So stick around for that. Hang on to yourself and we'll be right back. 
Being the big vinyl lover that I am, I'm proud to tell you about Joe's albums in their two locations. The original shop at 317 Main Street in downtown Worcester, Massachusetts, and their second location out in Western Mass at 5 Market Street, Northampton. Both of these shops are loaded with both new and used vinyl. It's hard to walk in either shop and walk out empty-handed due to their amazing collection of records and other cool goodies like t-shirts, mugs, posters, etc. If you can't find what you're looking for in the retail stores, check out their website, joesalbums.com. Thank you, Joe, for being so cool. It's always difficult delivering the bad news. And just as I was getting ready to record, we got the news that the great Wayne Kramer had passed away. Wayne was one of the true legends of rock and roll, being one of the founding members of the Detroit, the great Detroit band, the MC5, one of the first real punk rock bands. Wayne was only 17 in 1967 when he formed the band with Rob Tyner, Fred Sonic Smith, Michael Davis, and now the only surviving original member, drummer Dennis Thompson. The MC5, a group known for their powerful live performances and radical left-wing political stand, were one of the most innovative bands to emerge and have gone on to influence countless bands. Their debut album, Kick Out the Jams, is one of the most highly regarded albums in rock and roll history, and the title track, Kick Out the Jams, is one of the most covered songs, especially live, that we've ever heard. You could hear that in any bar across America, anytime by some band, because people love that song. Every one of you listening have probably heard uh, heard this, you know, and now I'm talking about it. When we had Mike Skill from the Romantics on the show, he had just done some recording with Wayne and spoke very highly of him, as most people have. Wayne Kramer had an incredible life. Following the initial breakup of the MC5, he was arrested for selling drugs to an un to undercover federal agents, and he spent four years in prison. That kind of reformed him. Following his prison, his release from prison, he went on to play with countless musicians and released five solo albums. He was also he has also taken part in many social events from anti-war protests to pro-labor union rallies. In 2008, he brought together an all-star band and announced the MC50 tour celebrating the 50th anniversary of Kick Out the Jams. Um, Kramer died of pancreatic cancer just a few days ago on February 2nd. His friend Tom Morello of Rage Against the Machine released a statement. I'm going to read it to you because this statement kind of pretty much says it all. Quote, Brother Wayne Kramer was the best man I've ever known. He possessed a one-of-a-kind mixture of deep wisdom and profound compassion, beautiful empathy, and tenacious conviction. His band, the MC5, basically invented punk rock music. Wayne came through personal trials of fire with drugs and jail time and emerged a transformed soul who went on to save countless lives through his tireless acts of service. He and his incredible wife, Margaret, founded At Jail Guitar Doors USA, which funds music programs in prisons as life-changing, effective rehabilitation. I've played with Wayne in prisons and watched him transform lives. He was truly unbelievable. The countless lives he touched 
healed, helped, and saved will continue his spirit and legacy. He was like a non-Tom Joad. Whenever and wherever any of us kick out the jams, Brother Wayne will be right there with us. Rest in peace, Wayne Kramer. Chris Porter has been booking clubs and putting shows together for a long, long time and has been involved in many festivals over the years. And what he's doing in Lowell every year with the town and the city festival is truly fantastic. I'm going to play our little talk for you right now. So here I am talking with Chris Porter. Welcome to those of you watching on YouTube. This is Blowing Smoke with Twisted Rico. I'm your host, Steve Ricardo. If you want to hear this entire episode with intros, outros, and music, please go to Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, etc. Please welcome back to the show for a return engagement, the second most famous person to come from Lowell, Massachusetts, Chris Porter. Oh, shucks. Thank you, Steve. Great to be with you. <laughs> Great to see you, man. Uh, yeah. So how's Seattle treating you? Doing okay. You know, it's the winter time, so it's all kind of gloomy and cloudy and occasional rainy. That's that's the typical Seattle winter. But uh, I travel an awful lot, too, which I'm sure we'll get into. You know, I've been, you know, I spend a lot of time still in Massachusetts, probably, probably around a quarter of the year. And I'm in the Bay Area a lot, too. And then there's other other travels and stuff. So while I am a Seattle resident still, uh, Gee, close to six months out of the year, I'm somewhere else. It's almost almost like I'm a band on tour. Do you are you like working regularly with any venues up there? Or are you just working on festivals these days? I, I do, but not in Seattle. I do work on I do booking management for a venue called Sweetwater Music Hall. I've been doing that for about two years. So I think I started shortly after our last uh, conversation uh, on your program. Uh, Sweetwater Music Hall has been around for over 50 years, although about 12 years in its current incarnation. Um, it's in Mill Valley, California, so the whole Marin area, yeah. you know, just over the Golden Gate Bridge, Sausalito, Mill Valley's the next town, and a great community out there. Um, it's a 300-capacity venue, standing room. Uh, we'll do 200-capacity if it's the seated thing. Um, it uh, it has uh, Bob Weir from the Grateful Dead had some ownership with it, along with some other uh, movers and shakers in the in the Marin area. I mean, it was started as a small venue, maybe fit a uh -huh. little over 100 people. And so it was a great place for Bay Area bands to play. But it also ended up being this place's hangout for guys in the dead. Uh, guys in Hot Tuna, even Elvis Costello when he was in town, they used to like to do these impromptu jam things or last minute kind of secret shows. It's cool. It a really cool hang. Um, then after, after you know, being around for many years, it closed. The people, who, oh, the, the some later uh, owners owned it and they lost the lease. But a lot of people in the community had some money to to spare you know you have a lot of uh, people in the high tech world and business and etc and, and music a lot of uh, old rock royalty lives there like bob weir and bonnie raid and and uh and, and people like that live in the area so uh they they wanted to bring it back so after a handful of years hiatus it, it we it was reborn into its current incarnation and i have a uh, the festival that i worked on for many years bumbershoot i had an old colleague of mine 
who uh, we stayed in touch. And uh, anyway, she became the general manager of the venue. And and this was after Once Ballroom. So I'm sure we were talking about that last yeah. time. I was, I, I was doing a venue in, in, in Somerville once. And that sadly was a COVID casualty. Lost the lease there and, and that ended. So I didn't have a venue and I wasn't really looking for that, actually, Steve. I was really more about festivals and special events. But uh, my longtime friend and former colleague, her name's Maria, uh, reached out to me about booking, overseeing the booking for Sweetwater. And one thing led to another, gave me an offer I couldn't refuse. It, and on top of the fact that it has some indirect and direct synergy with the festival that I program there, Hardly Strictly Bluegrass, which I've been doing since 2018. Yeah, yeah. So, so there's there's some there's there's some little ties indirect and direct ties with it. So I was like, I'll give it a try. And that was a little over two years ago. And uh, I'm very glad I get did. It's great people, great venue, very well respected uh, venue in the Bay Area and and around the country. So it's it's been a it's been great to work with. Do you do like shows every night there? Almost. Yeah. I mean, I don't book. I mean, sometimes we have some regular recurring things you know certain little jam session nights or um we'll have um you know mondays are typically closed but yeah other than that yeah it's 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 full it's it's a pretty full calendar so there's a lot of traffic going through there uh i do have to be aggressive at times to reach out to try to get things i want but so many acts play there i feel like yeah. i'm just doing the air traffic control okay i can fit you on this date and that and work out the times because it's uh you know a lot of ways i I'm just sort of answering the phone or or the email in in most cases and uh, and trying to fit people in. Do, do you head down to the Bay Area a lot? A lot, yeah. Probably, typically every other month for a handful of days. Sometimes it might stretch a little later. That's what's great is I'm not, you know, in our remote world that we're in. This being a perfect example, we we can do this program and not be in the same room. Same thing with so much of our work, and I'm able to. Um, I, I'm not required to live in the Bay Area. I just go down a lot, keep keep an eye on what's going on. Yeah, for myself, it's important for me to click, you know, connect with my colleagues. But uh, excuse me. Um, but I, uh, yeah, it's um, you know, I, I just kind of go do do check ins there. I don't have a home there. I mean, as far as my favorite cities go in America, you get to visit three of them. <laughs> you live in one and you get to visit two of my other favorites on a regular basis. So that's pretty cool, I think. I, I yeah. know we ran into each other uh, at the Justine Kovalt show. I saw you there. That was the first time I'd seen you in a, in a while, probably. Um you probably had to come in town to head up to Lowell, have some meetings or something. Yeah, I mean, I the timing worked out well. I mean, I you know when Justine passed, and I was you know shocked and saddened as so yeah. much of the community was, and um, you know, and and I was thinking to myself, gee, I hope timing if there's some memorial, there's some gathering, something. I hope I can be there, and it just worked out perfectly. Literally, it was scheduled on the day I'd already had my flight booked. To, to arrive, I arrived that, that afternoon. So that was the first, I remember first thing I did almost. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I, I'm probably give or take there about every other month as well. Uh, although I have a home in Lowell, as you alluded to. So I, you know, I spend a lot of time there. I have a lady friend in, in the Boston area, I have my festival, which we'll talk about in Lowell and and even another project so uh and friends another family too i have family who lives in central mass so lot, lots of reasons to bring me to massachusetts so my two homes technically are seattle and and lowell 
that's pretty good life, if you ask me. I mean, that's oh, the it best, is. I'm best very, of two I'm worlds. Very grateful. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I love the West Coast and the East Coast. Everything in between, you know, it's okay. <laughs> um, you know what I yeah. wanted to ask you that I don't think I talked to you about last time. Well, we might have, but um, can you give my listeners like a history of the town and city festival, like when it started? Like, what was the first one, and and how did you get that whole thing rolling? Sure. It was in 2018 was the first year. So we're, it's is amazing. We'll be celebrating our fifth one this coming April 26th and 27th. And uh, I, you know, and I didn't even know if I was going to get through one, Steve. In fact, I barely did because I did way too much myself and, uh, you know, made myself sick almost over it. Luckily, I have a lot more help now. But um, the, the roots of it really, so 2018 was the first year, but the roots of it, I'd say, first conversation about it was back in 2015. So I had just finished up my 18 years of uh, programming the Bumbershoot Festival in Seattle. Right. And I wasn't sure what I was going to be doing. And I, I'm back, you know, and I'd still come back to it. My mom was still alive. Then I'd, I'd go back home, visit her and all. And a guy who was a city councilor at the time, he ended up being shortly after mayor, a guy named Bill Samaras. He and his wife were very good friends of my mom's. And, uh, and I happened to be there when I was there. And so we chatted and he kind of knew what I did, but didn't have a full understanding. He kind of wanted to take me out for coffee and just tell me a little bit about what, what he's hoping he and some of his colleagues were hoping for Lowell. Cause at that time, and, and I, I guess I could say, you know, maybe dating back, give or take maybe, you know, 10, 11, 12 years ago, there's been a push in Lowell of a lot of economic development. And also part of that, bringing some more, uh, more arts in mm, lots yeah. of opportunities, more events opportunities, you know, they saw, you know, certain things, you know, the Lowell Folk Festival has been a big deal for that city for many years. It's like their business Christmas time, but, uh, you know, and they have a summer concert series and there were events that go on, you know, in, in other places, but, you know, they they really sometimes that's it. You know, they really wanted to try to expand that more, and the, and the city's been been in a large way. I mean, it goes through problems that any city does, but I, I'd say it's it's a lot more, a little more cleaned up and a little more hospitable to arts and musicians uh, than than it was, you know, back 20, 30 years ago. Absolutely. So he he was originally reaching out to me about the Lowell Auditorium at the time was managed by a different management company that, that's doing it now. But it was just really dormant, like hardly anything would happen there. And he's like, I wonder if there's something you could do to, you know, something for, for the theater. And I was like, I, well, you know, I, I worked on venues, that, but that's really not my forte. My thing is festivals. Maybe I could come up with some sort of complimentary festival. I didn't want to step on the toes of the, of the folk festival and there, or any of the other events, but maybe I could come up with something at the time it was in the fall. And I, you know, a, a light bulb went on. I thought, well, gee, you know, you want to do economic development, something more to, to engage the businesses. And I thought of the old, you know, the classic South by Southwest model that, uh, you know, venue hopping experience. Yeah. And, you know, and there's one, and I've seen it in recent years, over the last 10 years, happen, you know, it particularly happened in a lot of small cities. I'm very bullish at what's going on in the smaller cities because that's where creatives of any type of creative world uh, can afford. You know, they, they're getting priced out of the Bostons, New York, San Francisco, Seattle, et cetera, et cetera. So places like Boise and Tucson and Knoxville and, and uh, you know, Lowell in a way and Ports of New Hampshire, you know, we can point to these places that are, that are doing some cool things. And, you know, gone are the days you have to, if you're going to do something 
really creative and and successful, gone are the days you have to have to be in the big city. Once upon a time, you had yeah, to. Right now, not really. Um, so I thought, you know, there's there's a festival in Boise called Treefort Music Fest that I've been to a couple of times, or uh, one in Reykjavik, Iceland. It's called Iceland Airwaves. I, I went to a number of times and. And they're a little more akin to what, you know, because South by Southwest is very much about sponsors. It's very much about business and industry. Uh, these other ones were really all about the music. So I thought I'd take them, take that template and apply it to Lowell because I found it's all very walkable. At the time in 2018, there weren't a lot, a lot of venues. There are more venues there now than there were then. But uh, places I recognize that could be venues. And I can make venues out of at least for a weekend. And uh, excuse me. And so... One thing like I came up with a plan and I'm like, okay, I'm going to launch it. I felt comfortable to launch it in 2018. Um, and then an interesting thing happened, uh, not to go into too much of a tangent, but hardly strictly bluegrass, which we could talk about more in a bit, but that's like, a, it's a major, major festival I work on in San Francisco at Golden Gate Park. And they reached out to me uh, to, you know, see if I wanted to work on that, which I certainly did. And one thing led to another and I, and I got that contract, but it was going to be the same weekend. I was initially planning Ouch. to be part of the city festival. Well, I obviously I can't be in two places at once, <laughs> but, uh, so I punted town and city a little bit later in October. And, uh, so it was a little hectic. I was doing two festivals in the same month. Um, but anyway, we did it. And so that was, that was it though, of just kind of talking to some local bureaucrats and then one thing led to another and, and I got, you know, a lot of, a lot of the venues or places were really into me doing this. They were like, this sounds like a great idea. We want to, we want to help support it. Hardly anybody charged me rent for these venues. If I try to do this in Cambridge or some of it, Boston, oh, forget yeah. it. I mean, my, my venue costs would be as much as the, uh, uh, artist cost probably. So, I mean, everybody really, you know, kind of came around and it's like, let's try this out. And so, so that first October, that October of, uh, third weekend of October in 2018, we did it. Uh, I'd like to say it's an investment doesn't lose money. Cause I was looking at this long term, and it takes three, four years before a, a festival at, at least can turn around and break even, um if you're successful so i knew that i'd have to kind of sink some money and we didn't have a lot of sponsorship because a lot of sponsors are like this is a new thing how do i know people are going to be at it you know it's tough it's tough to get get that going but you know i found that it could work it worked i got people interested i was like okay i see some hope for this to grow if I, i'll try it in 2019 and if i see growth i'll do it again and then in 2019 it was october of that year and we saw did see growth and less of a, a loss. And I'm like, okay, maybe I'm on to something here. All right, we'll just keep going for 2020. Of course, 2020 didn't happen because of the pandemic. And I was planning on October 2021, but then I don't know, that summer before we were dealing with whatever variant, Delta variant, whatever it was, and all, you know, obviously all ticket sales ground to a halt. I had a number of acts who were touring, weren't sure if they were even gonna be on the road at all. And yeah. This is gonna. Even if I did it, I could have done it, but it was gonna suck, frankly. So I was like, okay, I'm just gonna roll the dice and punt this to the following April, for a number of reasons. One, my colleagues and I were sometimes talking with ourselves, talking amongst ourselves, thinking, are we doing this on the right week? Should we maybe be doing this a little earlier? Should this be spring? Well, I was like, okay, well, here's our big chance at the experiment here, and try to do this in springtime. 
So we did. It was so in 2022 of April, that was the return of it. And it was by far our best one. Uh, best attended, best media exposure, best sponsorship. Like I think there were a number of things. It was kind of a cathartic thing because it was getting out of the worst of the pandemic. And so people were really raring to go to go out, even though this is indoor stuff. It was still, people were really longing for this. And then I think naturally every year, one could argue, everybody's kind of longing for something after maybe a very cold and snowy winter. Yeah. We are in April. Ah, oh, let's go out and do stuff downtown or wherever, you know. And so, you know, because this last April we found it, uh, we keep seeing some more growth. Keep seeing like, hey, man, we're on to something here, and and it's gotten to a point where you know I know people, bands, and 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 attendees, you know, come up to me. It's like, oh, I circle this on the calendar. I can't wait till next year. It's like it's become a thing in their head, an established thing. You know, and uh, which is wonderful. That warms my heart. That's what I wanted to do. I think 2022 and 2023, I finally saw my vision really come to fruition. And what I mean by that is, yeah, it worked the first two years, but there's always something missing or not. It wasn't quite what I how I wanted it to go, because actually, besides the money aside, my nightmare is any band playing in some room to like five people. I want I want it all to at least. Yeah. Be Packed doesn't have to be sold out, but just wanted to feel good. And 2022, we had that, and and it was a definitely an extension of that last year. So it's just like and just recognizing enough people where they're like, oh, I yeah, I I know all about that, and uh, or you know agencies and agents, you know they they're pitching me stuff now. I don't have to sell this on them as much anymore. So, um, and Lowell's is an attractive place to a lot of people. And that wasn't always the case when I was growing up. Sometimes people had very negative views of Lowell for a variety of reasons. And uh, now I, I just, I hear from a lot of people, because I, I, my, another thing is that it's not just to have this festival be, be for the locals around Lowell. I want them to love it and come to it and feel an ownership of it. But I'm trying to get people from Boston to come on up or New Hampshire or different spots around New England. And and we've we've had some success with that. So because I, I wanted want people to come in and realize that there's more than just you know the Lowell Folk Festival or the old mill buildings or whatever, you know, and um and have you know come up and catch something pretty eclectic. And you know, when I hear from some people you know, I, I had some people I didn't know, friends of friends, and came up to me and it's like, well, this is like a little mini South by Southwest. Well, I didn't know what was so cool in the evening. This is, you know, on Market Street. You know, we have a number of uh, venues on that street. That's that's really, uh, in a, arguably, kind of the hub of of music and a lot of the yeah. visual. And 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 you know, people don't realize they don't, they don't they don't come up there until they see it. And 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 then then obviously the businesses are pleased with it. Who I work with. And then the city and, you know, the people in the city council and the mayor and people like that are really dig it. So I move on, Steve. One, Yeah, one thing I've noticed is a lot of art starting to really happen up there now. I know several artists that have studios up there and they're going up there. And I was going to ask you about um, your relationship with the venues and the clubs. It seems like you have a good relationship. Are there are there more venues and clubs that want to be involved now? Or do you have enough? When you I think don't I to... I think I use them all already. Use I, them mean, all. <laughs> uh, I mean, well, those although there's this is kind of big news. I think it's kind of leaked out already. Um Kodo over in Salem is yeah. opening Kodo and Lowell. 
They are. I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah, they took over this spot that's just been it's been dormant for a while. And then it was just some I don't know knucklehead kind of bar. I I don't know. I it wasn't the place I paid much attention to. It's over on Merrimack Street, uh, one of the main drags in downtown. And uh, but years ago, it was a place called Brian's Ivy Hall that I went into a couple of times. And pretty big. There was two two or three floors. Anyway, I understand they 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 are in the midst of. I don't know when it's going to open. But I hear relatively soon, probably even before the festival. But I've already had to make my plans, so I wasn't in touch with it. But maybe are they going to? Maybe gonna, I'm sorry, are they going to do Japanese food too, or is it just? Gonna I guess. Be, wow. Yeah. That and and I think I hear Anna. I hear as rumor through through the grapevine the yeah Japanese food uh one floor kind of more of a dj kind of hangout kind of space but then one of the floors i don't know which one barely a second that could be a music venue and i i don't remember the capacity but i recall it being a pretty sizable room like over 200 i think so um so that's an interesting thing yes right now. Right? and then um there's this there was this little bar they would do anything from like singer songwriter stuff to punk bands it's called thirsty first and they um i was going to work with them in 2020 and then we weren't able to because of COVID. but um they ended up losing their space because of some flooding in the building or whatever they had to go out of business for a while but the owner of that just took over space from a former venue that had been called concept six and years earlier it was called the uncharted gallery Thirsty first just moved in there and they're doing bands regularly. It's about 110 venue, cap venue. That's the thing with Lowell is there's all these little teeny tiny venues and really big, like a little auditorium where the song <laughs> arena is like enormous ones. And um, so it was, uh, you know, it's, 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 it kind of could use some more middle kind of sized ones. So maybe yeah. photo. Although there's another great new venue you were mentioning, Arts. Um, one of, if not the biggest artist colony and, you know, building that I, that I've heard of is uh, Western Ave Studios. And that's where a lot of visual artists have their studios and or living spaces. Yeah. At that space, at that area, there's a place called Taffeta that's been around for almost a couple of years, but I think they've been more active over the last year. And that's a 330 cap room. And there's also a, a brewery there, Navigation Brewery. We, we do some music there. So, um, Coda, we probably we won't be working with because I had to kind of set my plans all 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 together with with the others, but uh, maybe in the future. But I mean, I think we use you know the Worthen, uh, Kevin, which does uh, bands regularly, Warp and Weft, which always has bands on the weekends. Um, you know, we we regularly use them, and then we, there are other spots where we'll like there's a little place called Brood Awakening. It's also on Market Market Street, and it's a little coffee cafe. And we'll put some bands out. We get a little permit to do some outdoor kind of sidewalk stuff on one of the days. I che so. I've checked out many of those venues. The place I really liked though was the Mill. You know that place was awesome. You know we oh, take the stairs. Yeah, you go up yeah, the elevator. So I, I was, I was going to get to that. Yeah, so that's called the Overlook at Mill Number Five. Yeah, so Mill Number Five, which is that little marketplace area. It's almost like it's I call great. it the Pike Place Market. You know. Yeah in reference to the seattle market um i love that place uh, a guy named jim lachulis uh, developed that and wonderful uh place he did it's one of my favorite places in lowell and that upstairs room yeah last year we had rhett miller and john doe played there and the uh, year before we had tanya donnelly uh and 
it's the stage is perfectly situated where this if it's clear out the sun's coming down and you can see like a little you know uh so a silhouette of the buildings in the back there and it and the whole vibe just great so that's that's another music venue so you know i mean back for many years they might in the past it maybe would be one you know maybe two but one of them would be just for cover bands or something you know what i mean and now there's just all these places i haven't even mentioned everything but there's all these places so i i kind of wonder if Lil's actually coming up to you know critical mass on them i don't know but um you know, there's also another great place, Zorba Music Hall, which is kind of the, the focal point of a lot of tribute bands. They do tribute band thing does great, you know, and and you have legit musicians doing those things. But uh, we we utilize that room for a lot. We had like Buffalo Tom play there last year, and and have had other prominent people like that. Um, so, you know, a lot of good rooms, and they're all in a, a mile radius walking distance. Taffet is a little further out. You might want to take a car ride to that, but everything else is it's all in walking distance. You've got that map in your head, man. And you know that town inside and out. Yeah, indeed. Um, like this would be pretty a difficult question to ask. I was going to ask you what the starting point would be to set up a festival like this. I almost imagine that it starts the day after the the last one ended. You're probably already starting the second one. I mean, what what once you have the do you have the venues all solidified way in advance, or do you have to work out a whole new deal? Like we're coming back next year, or do you have to like renegotiate everything? Um, I think every venue can be a little bit different. Um, for the most part, um, you know, I'll I'll give us a little bit of uh, downtime because it's 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 so busy and it's so hectic and a lot of pressure. It's like okay, once we get through that. I, I don't dive into it the very next week, but probably, you know, I'll give it a month. You know, we kind of do recaps and like what worked great, what didn't, what do we want to change for next year? I'll do that amongst my staff. And then um, from there, yeah, I'll just stay in touch with all all the different venues and, and say, hey, we're looking to come back. And I, I'll reach out to them once we fully have determined what the dates are. And since we like April and since typically the last weekend of April is not a holiday weekend, Right. Uh, I'll switch that if we run into Easter or something else, I might have to switch it. But, you know, generally speaking, late April works. So I'll stay in, in touch with them and, and see. I mean, there, there was, you know, some, there was one venue that kind of needed to change the deal a little bit. But other than that, no, everybody's kind of onward. I mean, I just want to make sure, are you going to still be in business, you know, yeah. or the same people running the place? It's, it's more, it's more, uh, you know, that kind of arrangement uh, or that kind of that that aspect is what I have to be careful of. Um, but is, uh, is it the is it the bands or, or the is, is it the performers or the sponsors that comes after that? Uh, great question. I wish the sponsors came before, that, but that doesn't <laughs> always that that's still somewhat a challenge. Um, I, you know, I'll be honest with you. I, I, I say to a number of people, I have to play kind of high stakes poker with this event because I have to go ahead and I'd say, so getting kind of to your earlier question, I probably start diving in gradually, but start diving in maybe say July, July okay. August, and through the fall. That's when I'm kind of really starting to work on it. But, um, that might be before I know what sort of grants or, you know, uh, donations. Cause we, 
we uh, produced this in conjunction with a couple of nonprofits with the Greater Merrimack Valley Convention and Visitors Bureau, and then with the Jack Kerouac Foundation, which uh, I'm a part of that organization. There's That's, the most famous guy in Lowell that I was there referring is that to. Speaking of, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Going full circle here. Exactly. Jack Kerouac. So um, the foundation serves as sort of the nonprofit arm on that. So we're able to get grants and, That's and awesome. contributions and that sort of thing. But they're not on the same uh, time frame of, you know, of administration as like we are. So I might not find out what contributions I'm getting until January. But I have to go ahead and move forward with this anyway in, in full you know faith that, you know, we're going to get our backing. I mean, obviously, this is a ticketed thing. And so that, you know plays into it but i we do need a certain percentage uh, of backing in order to make this work um and then to you, you asked about sponsors like i know some sponsors i can bank on every year but some i don't know like anheuser bush you know was one well through cisco brewery and they they're they were for the last two years but they're for whatever reason their their goals or whatever they dropped out but i have a cannabis company that came in and there you go <laughs> paying almost the same amount as what they would the beer company was doing and now i'm waiting i'm literally here we are in late january i'm still waiting on word from three others if they're gonna you know pull a trigger on or not in helping us and being involved so uh i'm still trying to get some some of that um and uh, you know if we got a little bit more established or if we were bigger, you know, I, it would probably be a little easier. You know, if I was using the little auditorium, which is close to 3000 capacity, or we had some big outdoor aspect of it, you know, that's attractive to sponsors. I'm dealing, as I touched on earlier, a lot of little venues. So yeah. you're not going to reach out to as many people. The, the thing, if you're a, a a liquor or a beer sponsor, they're attractive because maybe they're not in those bars and I have a way of getting them into the bars. They like that. But uh, other sponsors, it, it's tough. So it, you just have to kind of really hit up the community people, the people who have businesses in Lowell who want to see it succeed. So I have I have a number of people who will do that, a number of entities that will do that. But every year, try to get some new people involved. And so the Point so that the um, the overhead of the festival can kind of be taken care yeah. of, so that the ticket sales, you know, will 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 pay for other things and also put the festival in good financial standing so I can help grow this because I I wanted this to start very organically and gradually. I didn't you you know you can you can lose blink and lose a million dollars on a festival. I mean, and people do it all the time. They just go way overly ambitious. And I'm like, I just want this to be very controlled and gradually grow. We've gradually grown the amount of venues we use, the amount of performers we have, but I, I don't want to, you know, if I'm going to go way up, I got to make sure. So to your question, I got to make sure I got a sponsor ahead of time or some entity that can help defray some costs or, or put us in a more, you know, uh, more financially stable situation to to make that leap into into bigger venues or a, a bigger ambition level. See, I can I can I can I can tell, and I'm sure people out there can tell. It's not easy to do this because we haven't even talked about the performers yet. So now yeah. you've got to get you got to get the venues, you got the sponsors. 
the performers do you have you must have some bands or artists that come to you early on and say we want to come back or you want them back like robin hitchcock this is his not his first time this is his second time yeah he he loved playing and uh and this time i'm going to uh, we haven't put this on the website but we'll, we'll but I'll, I'll for your show i'll I, it's it's fine to share this but uh we'll probably announce this more in the more of the venues like where everybody's playing and the schedule that comes out in mid-february but uh robin is going to be playing in a place called christ church united in this, this beautiful you know church it just got renovated they got a proper stage now it's one that we've used in the past but the last few years they went through all this renovation so we couldn't so i had them in zorba music hall and it was fine it's kind of a cool you know kitschy kind of play you know mid-century kind of place and he liked it but it wasn't really the vision what i meant for him to do i because we, we had a late uh, venue changes but but robin liked lowell he liked you know coming the whole vibe of it i've known robin for many years from other things i've done so we have a friendship there that helps but he and others like you know that have you know came there for the first time and and really dug and it's like hey i do this again so robin's agent actually i wasn't necessarily thinking of robin coming bring him back this soon but he's going to be kind of out and about nearby and i'm like yeah he wants to be sure yeah he wants <laughs> to come and i'll i'll have him every year he wants what the hell it's it's a no-brainer so uh ryan montblo is another one too you know um you know we had him did real well a few years and he did a solo thing this will be for, with his band you know we we love to kind of fly the local regional flag you know even though ryan's a now a nationally known artist but you know he He's from the general area, I think, based in Vermont now, I think. But he, um, you know, he's another one that, that's been part of it before in kind of a different way. And, uh, you know, but, uh, you know, sure, I'll, I'll bring people back, you know, and then I've been, you know, trying to get some people for the first time, too. I'm really, really excited. I mean, we also have a band coming all the way from Los Angeles, uh, Dengue Fever, who uh, are this sort of Cambodian psych indie rock band. Obviously, as you may know, and a lot of people do, there's an enormous, one of the biggest Cambodian communities are in Lowell. And I've been thinking, how can I kind of bring a tie wow, in? I'm not move. even sure if the Cambodian community really knows this band. They're probably more, you know, indie rock, you know, modern rock scene people probably know them more. But uh, I just was like, I, I'd love to have, you know, I had some Cambodian, uh, a, a Cambodian poetry group uh, perform one year, at a spoken word uh, program. But like, some music or something but something that's also contemporary because when people like well here we'll have cambodian music and it's something that's very sort of classically cambodian nothing wrong with that i love it. it's it's beautiful and usually there's a performance and dance and there's a group in in lowell that, that, that performs that regularly they're great but i was thinking how can i kind of tie something is there an act that could kind of tie in that but tie into what we're doing the rest of the festival and Dengue Fever, I booked at Bumbershoot years ago, and they were great. And um, they had a new album out, and I was I reached out to their agent. Any chance you could get them on the East Coast around then? And one thing led to another, and, and they're coming. So Fantastic. we've got the fat element as well. I didn't know about the Cambodian uh, uh, population up there in, in Lowell. That's mm -hmm. fascinating. Yeah, there's a little Cambodia near there, not, uh, kind of on the outskirts of downtown. And uh, some really good Cambodian food spots and yeah uh it's 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 a big deal there 
Uh, so, um, so yeah, so this means to be, you know, I mean, for this to be an eclectic festival, we got singer songwriters, we've got some hip hop, we've got some rock, we've got, you know, uh, and I'd love to bring in a little more global music. We got a little bit of that and I'd love to kind of grow that. We've also got some jazz, uh, a guy who is going back to the Jack Kerouac part of our conversation, probably, arguably there's probably three, only three or four of Jack Kerouac's old pals who are still with us. And one of them is going to be with us uh, in April. His name is David Amram, uh, well-known jazz artist, although very sort of eclectic jazz. He's played as a side guy with a lot of people, but he's made a lot of his own music. But he and Kerouac were quite close. Wow. And he comes to Lowell pretty frequently for Lowell. Uh, there's a small festival that happens in early October uh, called uh, Lowell Celebrates Kerouac. Yeah. And they'll 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 do a lot of like kind of tours and they'll have a few programs and a lot of it's poetry, but they'll have some music. And David's kind of like an annual thing that they do. But he was ill this past fall, so he couldn't be here. And they wanted to give him they uh the city were gonna give him a proclamation, which I guess they sort of did from you know remotely, but they, they weren't really able to give him anything in person. So I just had the bright idea of like we got to get him here because he's in his nineties and God bless him. May he come, you know, be able to do the 10 next 10 little celebrates Kerouac. But, you know, we, we, we gotta, we gotta get some folks, you know, we, we gotta connect with them as soon as we can connect with them. You just never know. Right. So I thought, you know, I checked in my pal. I have a lot of friends who work on Lowell Celebrates Kerouac. So it's all, you know, copacetic here. I was like, Hey, do you guys mind? Maybe we should bring him for town and city. So, so we are, and um, that's great. Well, that means uh, a lot. And so that, so the mayor and other people give him a little proclamation with this performance. So we're talking about April 26th and 27th in Lowell, right. uh, the town and city festival. Can you go and buy tickets yet on the website? Yeah, you can get passes now. So we have a number of different tiers of how you can get admittance. Um, the thing I always you know, trying to encourage people to do is get a day pass, probably a two day pass or one day pass, because so much of this is about discovery and hopping around in different spots. So Friday and Saturday individual day passes and a two day pass, they are on sale now. If you go to the town and, and the city festival.com, there's a link on there. It's through eTix and you can get them right now. Now, there are people, though, because this is such a new concept, this venue hopping thing and the wristband and, and all. Um, it's kind of new. Back in 2018, I felt I should give people an option who just want to go to one show. We'll use Robin Hitchcock, for example, or Buffalo Tom. It was, it was another example. Some people, I just want to go to that show. Okay, we'll give you an option. You, you won't get maybe as much bang for your buck that way, but you, you can, you can, there will be a limited amount of individual tickets for all of these shows. Mm -hmm. um, so that'll go on sale. Tentative date is around February 15th, February 15th, 16th, somewhere around there, uh, mid, mid February, those will go on. We're just still working out. Cause we also want to release a schedule. We know which venue everybody's playing, but we're still working around what the, the time schedule set times are and everything. So we like to announce that when we're announcing uh, the individual tickets, but that'll be, that'll be an eventual thing that will be available to people. Are all the performers now booked or is there more that could be added on to the I'm I'm waiting on word on two uh everything's booked, but um not everybody's been announced because we're waiting on the word on three more things. So we got we're gonna add things to 
the announcement in February. I'm just I'm just waiting on, on them right now. Muck in the Myers is playing. I noticed they're like my favorite Boston band. So are they? Oh, good. Yeah. Well, I they've think, been, you know, they've yeah, been around for a them, long time. Want, yeah, yeah. I, I've known. Yeah. I go. I've known Evan Shore back when he was a band called the Pets. That was that wow, would have been in that's the 80s. way back. And they had some singles out, and then later on, he was guys in the Voodoo Dolls. Who I used to book at Bunratty's in the Middle East all the time. Um, and yeah, he's been a longtime friend, and and and. Uh, wife Linda too. Um, so I like Muck and the Myers a bunch too. And we've been trying because the timing or whatever, it hasn't worked out. So finally, you know, I've, I've had them in mind for a number of years to be at the fest. And so stars aligned, we all could be, you know, work it out on this weekend. So I'm psyched to have them. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to go over everyone on the list, but I saw Roger Miller's name on there too. So yeah. that's impressive. Burma. Yeah. And he reached out to me. Wow, uh, which I appreciate. I would have th thought about reaching out to him anyway, but yeah, he's doing. You know, always has some interesting projects and stuff, and he was curious to play in. I'm sure, Roger. I'll make room for you. Let me figure something out. Cool. So it's the town and fest, the town and, and city festival dot com. Got it right. Um, one thing I want to ask you before you go, Chris. Are you do you listen to a lot of music still? I imagine you do, and I was wondering what's on your radar these days as far as what you're listening to. Oh my gosh, do I listen to a lot? Of, well, here's the thing. Do I listen to a lot of music that I just want to keep playing? Like, obviously I have to listen to a lot of music because the things that get pitched to me and I have to learn and all this, but it's like snippets and everything. Like, just if I want to just kick back and listen to something, I think that's yeah. what your question is. Yeah. Well, I, I listen to a lot of old stuff, to be honest with you, but uh, for, for newer things, I adore uh, a band from uh, England. They're from uh, Brighton, UK. They're called The Heavy Heavy. Not to be confused with the band called The Heavy, who I actually like a lot too. But uh, The Heavy Heavy, I had them at Hardly Strictly Bluegrass last year. And uh, they also played Sweetwater Music Hall. Amazing harmonies. I guess I would say they're sort of... Um, it kind of reminded me of like late 60s sort of sunshine pop kind of vibe but then there's rock pop rock but then there's um there's a little bit of an americana vibe to them too just really good players great harmonies i I'm, i've been listening to them a lot um and who else do i listen to a lot it, it you know kind of goes in phases where i'm just you know what mood i'm in you know i um do you like have a turntable that you'll throw records on oh yeah yeah, yeah. sure but a lot of that's like old stuff. Like the last time I threw it out, it was just some some old, uh, you know, some old Rolling Stones records. <laughs> you know, I mean, I still love the classic rock and and the more obscure classic rock, I guess you could say. But um, what else have been listening to? I, you know, uh, Ty Seagal, I dig. I dig a lot of psych rock stuff. Um, uh, got named Kevin Morby, I dig a lot. Um, yeah, I. Uh, uh, I'm I'm kind of space. There's a there's um. Oh, what was the other band I was listening? I have some friends uh, who are in a band here in Seattle called Acid Tongue. I don't think they played in Boston a whole lot yet, but they have some new stuff. Uh, they they actually put on a festival called Freakout Fest, where I'm kind of on the advisory board of. It started off as a psych fest, but it's kind of grown as an eclectic thing, and it, it very much like the town and the city fest. It's this venue hopping thing and. I'm always finding like a lot of cool bands from that, but uh, yeah, psych rock stuff. Sometimes in the evening, I just like to listen to ambient music, kind of like more, you know, like those old Brian Eno records, you know, uh, oh, but can't uh, go wrong with Eno. 
it's yeah exactly you know and um there's 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 all there's all kinds of stuff and i mean even things that i book not not to not to be more of a you know uh you know an advertisement for the town and the city but robin hitchcock i mean i adore his music a lot so that's why i'm extra you know psyched to 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 be able to present him um this band i have uh coral moons who are playing on set i really like uh, a lot of their music and then uh also another band that's uh coming from afar named ismay I-S-M-A-Y. Ismay hmm. uh, is the vehicle for um, a, a woman named Avery Hellman. And uh, out, new album just came out a couple of days ago. It's getting some great press already. And kind of a bit of a, I don't know what I could say. It's, it's a sort of like a country Americana vibe, but a very sort of ethereal quality to it. Hard to articulate, but just some really... Uh, lovely music so i've been uh since that's that's new it just came out a couple of days ago i've been listening to the new album a bunch and uh psyched to the the tie to our conversation here uh they'll be playing at uh, the town and the city festival too yeah you, your tastes are very diversified i kind of figured that man i didn't think you're gonna say oh i listen to all one time now that's that's not what you do chris i go through phases <laughs> sometimes like oh man i'm just listening to a lot of you know Early seventies British. I'm just listening to Old Thin Lizzy and and Spooky Tooth. All of a sudden, and then I'll go into some other phase of classical music, and then I'll go into something of country. It, you know, it depends. It's just there's all a lot of great music, and uh, I'm I'm glad. Luckily, I have a very eclectic taste because so much of what I work on is eclectic. So I like to keep. Yeah, it we out. we picked the right career to get into the music business. You know, Chris. <laughs> there's never you know, never we're enough. having a lot of fun we're having a lot of fun and i've been very blessed and great believe me though i'm I'm very grateful that i've been able to make it you know work on this that's it was way more than a hobby it really became my career in my life and i've and also i'll say i am in the music business you're right but really i'm in the people gathering business i'm in bringing people together business yeah they come in for music. I mean, I do some literary things and sports related things and some other stuff, but really music's what I know and what I think resonates with people in in such a profound way that it, it touches me. When I see a sea of people, you know, looking at a stage and that sea of people could be 300 people or 30,000 people, doesn't matter. Just seeing all those people and they're there for something that I have put together. Um, yeah, they're not there to see me, you know, tap dance or whatever on the stage or here. You know, something else is really drawing them, but I help put this in the motion to make it happen. It's an amazing feeling. I mean, I remember feeling that first time when I was started to work at Bun Raddies back in the early 90s. And I'm like, oh, this is because I had dabbled in record business stuff. I had dabbled in ma- artist management and an agent, had my you know, retail, I had my hands on a lot of different things in, in music. But that's what really resonated with me is bringing people together for an event, for a show, for a happening, and then uh, and then the festival thing is that on steroids, you know. And when having people come up to me later and you know for whatever festival and oh, when I went to go see so and so, that that meant so much to me. I started a band because I saw so and so at your festival. Whatever the thing is, whatever. I'll hear these stories and it really means a lot, Steve. And, it's and never thank gets... you for doing it, man. I've been, I've known you for a while. You've been doing it since I worked at AM records back in yep. the early. I, I think I met you in the early nineties actually. Yep, that's right. Yeah. yeah. And you've been at it for a while, man. And I appreciate it. And I appreciate you taking the time to come on the show again. 
Oh, pleasure to talk with you always, Steve. And if you're, we, you're, it's recorded, fine. And you're, if we're just on our phone, it's fine. You're Happy always welcome. Yeah. You're always welcome, man. And uh, I hope to see you up the, up here in April. You know, maybe please be my guest, knows. buddy. Yeah, yeah. April 26, 27, up in Lowell, various venues, the town and the city festival. And uh, for all the listeners, yeah, as we said earlier, the town and the city festival.com is our website. And we're also on all the typical social media things we're going to be updating our website soon too it's uh, a lot happening over the next coming weeks we will also have a festival app that i uh, encourage people to download um, if they're coming up or if they're not sure if they want to come up and but want to see what's going on they can learn a lot about the festival that's a good idea i like so that, that we've had that in the past few years we need to update it for this one but probably mid-february it should be ready and uh yeah it's a it's a great time special time means a lot because it's my old hometown where I was born and raised and it's great to see uh, cool stuff happening up there. And if I can be one of the people that does some cool stuff, it means a lot. Thank you for doing this, Chris. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me, pal. All right. How about that? Thank you so much, Chris Porter. Um, just want to remind you all the town and the city festival is April 26th and 27th in Lowell, Massachusetts. Uh, it's a good old pub crawl, <laughs> and it's a good festival. I've gone twice so far, and I plan on going again this year. So uh, go to their website, get the tickets, and uh, we'll hang out. Come to Muck in the Myers. I'll be there. <laughs> all right. I enjoy hearing from you all, so please write me at twistedrico at gmail.com. If you're a musician or a songwriter and you have music, please send it. You might hear it here or maybe even on the Mirror Stars podcast. We have Instagram, Facebook, Threads, YouTube, TikTok. On the YouTube page, by the way, you can watch the Zoom interview that I did with Chris Porter. And on the TikTok page at Twisted Rico, you can watch clips from the show. Also, please consider supporting this podcast on our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash Twisted Rico. All right, that's going to do it for this time. Till the next time we say goodbye, this is Blowing Smoke with Twisted Rico. I'm your host, Steve Ricardo. Keep the rock and roll alive and kick out the motherfucking jams.